I don't care who you are, I can find a beer that you will like. Hello, hello, Cleveland Rocks, Cleveland Rocks. Welcome back to the Wild Business Growth Podcast. This is your place to hear from a new entrepreneur every single Wednesday morning who's turning wild ideas into wild growth. I'm your host, Max Brandstetter, founder and podcast producer at Max Podcasting. And you can, Max Podcasting, that's, you could, you could create a podcast. You can email me at max at maxpodcasting.com to save time with your high quality podcast. This is episode 192, which if you add 1800, is my birth year. And today's guest is John Lane, aka Sir John Lane, because he is knighted as a Belgian brewmeister. And he is the co-owner of Winking Lizard Tavern, one of my favorite spots in the world, one of the most iconic, famous, and just all-around fun restaurants slash bars slash taverns all across the greater Cleveland and Northeast Ohio area. John has been a huge part in the massive growth of Winking Lizard since the 1980s and is known for picking out their all-star roster of some of the best craft beers you'll come across, as well as launching new locations and establishing that culture that makes the Lizard and everybody involved such an awesome place to be. In this episode, we talk all those things, plus his personal favorite beers and how we ended up getting into the restaurant space in the first place. It was it was a direct line, A to B, very simple. It is John Lane, aka the Lizard Man. Enjoy the show. Alrighty, we are here with John Lane, co-owner of one of my favorite restaurants, Winking Lizard. Whenever I'm back in Ohio, visiting back in Cleveland, always with friends, family, we're at the Lizard. John, thank you so much for joining. How are you doing today? Ah, doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Of course, of course. Oh, this has been fantastic already. I mean, you're just brightening, brightening everything up. No, but uh, we're going to get to the Winking Lizard story and... How you got involved and in, in how you've helped grow this thing to being pretty omnipresent, especially in the Cleveland, Ohio, Cleveland and Ohio area. But uh, before that, when you think back to growing up, what was the first inkling that you realized that you might want to get involved in the, the food and restaurant industry in, in some capacity? Well, it's so funny that you um, bring that up because I really didn't. Um, my aspirations, and I can, I can remember back to when, actually when I was 14 and I went to Germany, uh, to visit my uncle, um, I was taking a couple of years, uh, I was, uh, one year in, in German, uh, my uncle was stationed in Germany and I went to visit him. And it's kind of at that time that I decided I wanted to be a helicopter pilot in the U S army because that's what he was. Um, so at that time, I can tell you, I didn't have really any inkling to get into the, the food and beverage business. That's basically the same thing, a helicopter pilot and then the military. And Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like telling people that I went from, from, I was actually a maintenance test pilot. I like telling people that I went from test flying, you know, a million dollar machine to flipping burgers and pouring draft beer. And I've been here ever since. So 34 <laughs> years. Yep. Yep. Which of those on the daily is more stressful? 
Well, I mean, good Lord, the last two years, th- this has probably been some of the most stressful times in any restaurant tour can could ever imagine. You know, everything was humming along and all of a sudden, uh, wham, you know, we're closed. Literally had six hours to close all of our restaurants. So this has been the most trying for sure. Yeah. And pro- <laughs> When you're in the military, probably probably not thinking what you do next might might have a, a ton of stress or anything remotely similar to that. So, that, yeah, it's it's unbelievable. We're we're catching you at a at a pretty crazy time where obviously there's been so many changes the past couple of years. When when you were a kid and, and visited Germany and were exposed to all of that, what what's the most impactful lesson it could be on business or leadership or just or just life that you experience from being exposed to that crazy foreign environment back then that you still take with you to this day i'm 62 years old so we're going back a lot of years 62 years young i believe i'm 62 years young yeah and i don't feel like i'm 62 that's for sure i feel a lot younger but i i think back on those times and it's so funny my uncle uh lived off base so we would he would take me into base with him and, you know, I, I'd, I'd play with some of the American kids. It was so funny. All of them, a lot of them didn't want to be there. Um, if you think about it, you know, their dad, you know, got transferred there for a couple of years and on, and I wanted to be there. So I ended up, I ended up hanging out with all the German kids. I think back, I had so many good memories. In fact, you know, one of them came and visited to me, you know, two years later, he flew to the U.S. and visited me. So those kids um, and us were just, we were alike, alike a lot. So, you know, thinking back to that and thinking back to just people in general, the world is kind of the same. If that makes sense, I learned at a very young age that even though we just spoke a different language, that we were, you know, very much the same. Yeah. Yeah, and, that's, and I think once you go to a different country, no matter what age, when it's your first time going abroad like that, it's just so eye op. I just invented a word, eye opening, eye opening, and and can be life changing. And then you realize that, well, we, you know, we really have a lot in common, even though we you know, we've never even been here before. So let's get to the winking lizard. Which, first of all, for for any for anybody who's not familiar, uh, obviously fantastic restaurant, fantastic food, beer. We'll get to that, and uh, awesome branding with the lizard. I think I think you have one of the coolest restaurant names I've ever heard of. And this, you know, I've been familiar with you guys my entire childhood. How did the opportunity present itself for you to to first get involved in in whatever winking lizard was at the time? Actually, my my partner Jim Callum started it. I've been there since 1989, but he, 1988 actually, but he started it in 1983 with one restaurant in Bedford Heights. My wife and I, you know, I, I'm going back to Germany now. Now my wife and I, I had moved her seven times in six years in the army. She lived her entire life in one house. We had two little boys at the time and we were supposed to go to Germany and I had a sweet assignment outside of Frankfurt. I was going to work depot maintenance. You know, it would basically for the army, it was an ideal job working seven to three, Monday to Friday, off on the weekends. And um, my wife basically said, you know what? I can't do this life anymore. I want to go home. And home for her was Cleveland. And we met at John Carroll University in Cleveland. I'm a, a Carroll grad. Oh, awesome. My grandma, shout out Grandma Dell uh, and, and Grandpa Henry. It, it, my 
mom's side, and my grandma still lives there today, basically their house is like right across from John Carroll. So like I would like play around those you know grounds uh, as a kid going there. John Carroll's very close to heart, so it's cool. Cool, you got that. It, you, extra true Cleveland ties. Exactly. You know, this is the late '80s. You know, Cleveland's very much the Rust Belt then. So it's like, you want to go home? What am I going to do? You know, I'm a helicopter pilot. Hey, Cleveland can always use some helicopters. You never know. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the only jobs for helicopter pilots at that time were literally working in Louisiana and flying to the the oil derricks out, you know, in the Gulf. I started hunting around for a job. And the problem was that any job I was going to go to, they were going to do the same thing. You'd work somewhere for two or three years, then move. And that's not what my wife wanted to do. She wanted to come home, put her roots down back in Cleveland. And so actually, Jim and I are married to sisters. So there's the connection. Uh, my partner, Jim. <laughs> what, what are the odds? What a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My sister-in-law knew me and she said, there's your guy to be the next leader of the next winking, you know, the next winking lizard because they wanted to open a second restaurant. You know, we came back and I, and I go back to that's, you know, I went from test flying helicopters to learning how to flip burgers pouring beer and servicing guests and i've been in ever ever since and no regrets i mean it's it's been a great life so that's how i got into it I, so i went from you know public service life to you know running an operation and you know i've been here ever since yes yeah, it's, it's definitely a slightly different form of serving the public but making very many people uh, feel happy nonetheless so when you got involved how did you and, and Jim and anybody else involved figure out, okay, I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to focus on this. Well, at that time, we really didn't. So if you think about it, we didn't have a lot of systems and procedures. I mean, we opened, you know, at that time, Twinsburg, it, was at, it wasn't even called Winking Lizard. It was called Twin City Tavern at that time. Um, we thought we would rebrand it. You know, the Winking Lizard wasn't, it was known, but it was, we literally opened a second one that was a mom, another mom and pop bar with good food. You know, there weren't any really systems or procedures. You know, I look back and consistency, which is such a big word in the restaurant business. You know, you got to be consistent on your food, your beverage, consistent, how you operate, consistent with how you handle people. And um, th there wasn't much of that at all. Um, they were literally two separate operations. I ran the one, uh, Jim and his brother ran the other one. You know, there wasn't a lot. It wasn't until literally till we, we had our fifth restaurant, which was Independence, where we all joined forces. There was, in between, we had opened Peninsula, we opened um, Canton, Ohio, and then we opened Independence and we all came together. There were four different partners at that time and we all came together under one umbrella and it wasn't until then, 96, um, that we started saying, hey, we've got to have, you know, training manuals. We've got to have concrete recipes. We've got to have, you know, inventory systems. We've got to have all those things. So it really did evolve over time. This is one of the most nostalgic interviews I've ever had because every location you talk about, I have a, a different memory there. It's it's fun to go around and, and see your different locations because they all have slightly different flavor, no pun intended, but all, always deliver a great time. I, I think that's such a key inflection point for any business when you get to that level of expanding and 
obviously you're delegating a ton, you're hiring a ton, you're expanding to these locations and you just, you, you guys can't do it yourself anymore. So you need to get those systems in place, get those training manuals in place. I, I obviously it was scrappy and sloppy at the start and there's tons of learnings there, but with these training manuals, what do you think worked really well that allowed you to keep scaling? Our culture. And I know that's, you know, that's such a broad word, culture. Culture. I've never heard of it. No, I'm just kidding. It, yeah, it, it, it was our culture, you know, of, you know, we, we had a mission statement statement early on and we still, you know, repeat that mission statement, which is the core of our culture. And that's to be the tavern of choice to eat, relax and enjoy. And so everything we do, we, we feed off of off of that mission statement. You know, I think early on identifying that and we really did in those early years identify that and that kind of spread with our people. I think that I think, you know, that all of us owners, you know, I still wear blue jeans to work every day. That There's a reason my people know that I'm not I'm not afraid to get into the trends and I'm there for them. And I think that's such an important piece. You know what they look at us is you know what, just another worker. I think that's, that's carried us through very much so. And we've got 10% of our workforce is, is, has worked for us over 10 years. And that's kind of unheard of in the, you know, in the service industry. But we're proud of that fact. We're proud that you know, we built this with our people. And as we built, you know, there came a time where we didn't need another restaurant, but we, we grow this thing. We're almost pushed by, by our people more than ourselves. Our people push us to be better and, you know what, provide opportunity for them. So it's been a, it's been a good journey. It's a beautiful thing. I mean, it really takes on a life of its own. Uh, I was picturing you wearing a, a super formal tuxedo at each location, though. So that's <laughs> that's a little surprising about the jeans. Yes. But. Yeah, we, maybe we should put the lizard in a in jeans. You're right. I mean, he is in a tuxedo, but you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. No, but uh, on on the lizard note, so that that's another thing that totally unifies your brand and across all the different locations. And if you ever go to a winking lizard, you know sometimes you can see an actual live lizard there. And I remember, obviously, as a kid, it's like the coolest thing in the world. Like, whoa, <laughs> we got a lizard here. But uh, how did you and the team decide to go all in? all in on, and one, the actual live lizards in the locations, but two, the whole brand and character of the winking lizard that is, is so, uh, what's the word? I guess I'll use omnipresent again, just to be boring <laughs> and, and across all the branding and partnerships with breweries and it's everywhere. And it's just the coolest logo ever. Actually, a, a customer came up with the name. Um, I'd, I'd love to say that, you know, we, we came up with it, but Jim kind of held a contest and then, and the name just kind of stuck. I should know who designed the. It's a great question. I don't even know who did the original design of the winking lizard. I'd have to ask Jim that. that I funny? think, I think a lizard drew it themselves. Yeah. A lizard probably, but you know what? It's a cute lizard. It's kind of cute. It's taken off. I mean, we are known, we do have a reputation with, with a lot of our uh, brewery partners and our distillery partners, not only in this country, but overseas, that the branding that we have, I think it just equates with quality and a good time. I wear a shirt with a Winking Lizard logo on it probably 75% of, <laughs> of the time that I'm awake. 
the coolest thing is I've never walked down the street and someone's never grabbed me and said, you know what, that place sucks. It's usually, <laughs> hey, we were there with our family and we had such a good time or, hey, we went there and had wings and they were excellent or, hey, we were there to watch the Browns game. You know what, everyone, every the service was fantastic. I'm really proud of that. And I'm, again, I go back to my our people. I'm very proud of our people because we've, we've developed that reputation of quality in both our service, our food, and our beverage. So, and it goes back to that mission statement again, you know, take care of the guests with all those good things. And you know what, they'll come back. Absolutely. And it, that totally speaks to your culture that the name and the logo were from customers. Like you're, you're all about the people and, and to the core some of the biggest identifiers of your brand are are from customers and, and from everyday people. So that that's amazing. It just speaks to the authenticity of everything. I know that word's overused, but it, it's it's really true. And to for proof of your point about the we'll call it the the lizard memorabilia being everywhere. At the time of this recording, we just visited my parents, and at their house they have they have towels that have the lizard on it. They have beer glasses that you know. There's like a Sierra Nevada one. There's a, a Bell's uh bell's brewery one that has a lizard on it they my dad's got a winking lizard hat like it's everywhere and i know there's so many homes that <laughs> have we'll, we'll say welcome the the lizard into their home as well yeah that's uh humbling <laughs> so so good thing that lizard drew the lizard in the first place uh, some other things i think about with the winking lizard are obviously wings and beer and i love all those things uh, i want to start with beer beer and, and alcohol you know the beverage world is something that you've played a a big, big part in at Winking Lizard. What's kind of been your philosophy or or vision with providing, you know, the the wide assortment of of beers and drinks that you do? And how have you been able to bring that to life over the years? If you think back to the literally the craft beer scene, and even when I got on, uh, came on in 1988, you know, craft beer wasn't widely available, wasn't even around. I mean, there's very few breweries that that even began in the eighties or the, I think, you know, Sierra Nevada was late seventies, maybe 79 and, you know, they're in California. So I go back to, you know, John Carroll, my, my degree is believe it or not in political science and history and beer culture is very much a historical thing, especially in Europe. It's, it's played such a, a huge part. And so, you know, I go back to visiting Europe. I went back to visit Europe, actually Germany, you know, a small little brewery like Eying. And then, you know, I, I went to England and, and went to Sam Smith. And these are general, you know, generational breweries. And at that time, I I wasn't even a beer drinker because I, I just don't really like the yellow fizzy stuff. I don't drink it. You know, when I got into the bar business, I was literally drinking vodka and talk about you know, generic vodka is supposed to look like water and taste like water. But I guess we had this thing called the tour of beers that Jim had started. It was very generic. There were 40 beers on the original list, but they, they were basically lager beers. So uh, from around the world, there wasn't a lot of differentiation because we couldn't get a lot of differentiation. When we joined forces, we needed someone to head that up. And so because of my history background, I started reading about beer actually michael jackson the famous uh, beer writer not the singer wait i, I was gonna say this <laughs> that's a curveball yeah it's a curveball but i mean this guy was from england and he he wrote about all the different beers from around the world and started with all these countries so 
people started importing them. And that's kind of how we're, where we got our start is all these different flavors and tastes. And so to continue on with that, you know, the original tour was called the World Tour of Beers. It really should be a tour of styles. So I, I try to get as many styles of different beer on there because I don't care who you are. I can find a beer that you will like. Uh, I'll have people come up to me and say, I'm not a beer drinker. I don't like beer. I'll quiz them on a few things. Okay, are you a wine drinker? What do you like? And then I can point them to a beer off of our list that I think they might like and enjoy. And so as a beer buyer forever, you know, there's a couple of things. A, the beer's got to be quality for sure. B, it's got to it's gotta fit into my program so that I get the varied amount of styles so that I can get attract that audience that no matter what, if they come in, they're going to find something they like. I, I, I look back at my wife. I mean, she was a Miller Lite drinker forever. And it wasn't until about 10 years ago that she finally said, okay, I'll try this. When my son got into the business and he started, you know, started visiting him in one of the restaurants and she's like, okay, well, I guess I better learn something about that. And now she's a big wheat beer drinker. So <laughs> she gets upset if we go into a restaurant and there's no wheat beer. So that drives me to make sure that I have enough varied styles on there to take care of the most people. Well, we're going to need to put this into practice because my fiance, Dana, is, I'll say, not the biggest beer drinker in the world, beer fan in the world. Um, so I think it would be a, a good challenge next time we're in Cleveland and, and at the Lizard. You'll need to point one out for us to, uh, to try for her and see if I, she likes it. I, I'd love to. It's actually the, the greatest and the funnest part of my job. What is the greatest, funnest part of your job? I bet it is not podcast editing or anything involving like the crazy time-consuming behind-the-scenes stuff of a podcast. Uh, not familiar with it all. If you want some help taking the loads of hours required for podcast editing, blogs and show notes for podcasts, audiograms for podcasts, if you want any of that off your plate, hit me up at maximaxpodcasting.com. I am here to save time with your high-quality podcast and also talk about beer because, you know, I very much enjoy talking about beer, as does John. Now, let's get back to John in a bit more of a rapid-fire format. We'll call it, I can't think of a good name for it. Let's wrap up with some rapid-fire Q&A. You ready for it? Yep. All right, let's get wild. So I alluded to wings earlier, which your wings, whether you do bone-in, boneless, are the ba uh, we're not going to get into a whole debate here. <laughs> so good, so many memories eating wings at the Lizard. What would you say is the most underrated wings flavor on your menu? Caribbean spice. Ooh, that, that just, just you saying that like took me on, on a little vacation to the Caribbean, so thank you. Yeah, it's, it's my favorite. I'd say Caribbean spice. Now that you are more a little bit more familiar with the fizzy beer stuff, what would you say is your favorite beer of all time to drink? This will sound morbid, but my kids know my last sip on earth is going to be Orval. Small little Trappist monastery beer. It's the only beer that they make from the Ardennes region of Belgium. Orval. Oh, that's awesome. I Belgian beers always have a special, special place in my heart. I'm a huge uh, Delirium Tremens and Duvel, and there, there's so many good ones there. What's a party trick you have? Or may, maybe it's not explicitly at a party, but just something you have a really good knack for doing, but it has zero impact whatsoever, whatsoever on your business. I can tell you that I'm, I'm a great cook at home. <laughs> I know that doesn't <laughs> impact, but I don't bring any of that. What I cook at home 
you know, I have my kids and my grandkids over every single weekend. And you know what? I love to cook for them. So what's your signature recipe? I just made something that I think it was absolutely dynamite that my kids love. And they love whenever I cook lamb. So oh my God. for Easter, <laughs> for Easter, I put a leg of lamb on a spit and it came out absolutely beautiful and perfect. I kid you not. At the time of this recording, two nights ago, my parents made lamb and it, it was like the, it was the best meal we've had in a lot. It was, it was really, really good. Very, very unique flavor with lamb. So good. Yes. Last one. You, uh, I'm not going to let you say the Belgian brewery that you've been to, but, uh, of craft or even little hole in the wall breweries that you've been to in the United States, what's one that had a really, really cool in-person experience? Oh boy. I've got, I've I mean, I can, and we can extend this for six hours if you want. We'd have to, you know, one of the beautiful parts of my job is that every single one of our partner breweries. Um, so when I look at partner breweries, whether it's, um, you know, Dogfish or Sierra Nevada or Stone or Great Lakes or Fatheads. I've been to and I've gotten great experiences at all of them. I guess probably one of the, you know, coolest ones early on was Dogfish Head in Delaware. Sam, you know, built a treehouse up in front of his brewery. That was cool. We do uh, sit around the campfire. At, you know, that was a cool experience. I mean, I blended with Greg Cook out at Stone. We took some barrel-aged beers and blended. That was a total cool experience. Um, Sierra Nevada, I've spent time with uh, with those guys out there. And uh, we actually went out there on their small pilot system and brewed a beer and then brought it back here. Um, so I've, I've been kind of blessed and actually spoiled in a lot of respects. So I could go on and on. Like you just said, I could go on for six hours talking about breweries. <laughs> you need... And the likes of Guy Fieri, you need your own show on, on Food Network or Travel Channel that is just touring breweries and, and getting to do the stuff you do. I, I think sitting around a campfire or a treehouse with some beers and just having some good conversation, what's not to like about that? That's, that's pretty cool what you've gotten to experience through this uh, through the career you had always planned since a little kid, right? Yes, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> well, John, thank you so much for for making time today and, and sharing your story and, and, and lessons and, and all you do and, and creating so many amazing memories over the, over the year and creating so many amazing memories over the years with the wink and lizard with the way I can't talk, <laughs> but thank you so much. Uh, obviously you can, you can learn more about the winking lizard and check out the, the many, many locations at winkinglizard.com. Is there a, do you have a, a way you prefer people to connect with you or, or learn more about you if they're interested? Sure. They can email me at beermeister, B-E-R-M-E-I-S-T-E-R at winkinglizard.com. And um, I'll answer any questions that if I can, or I'll point them in the right direction if I, I can't get them an answer. But thanks so much for having me. Uh, this was a blast. And next time you're in Cleveland, please uh, reach out to me, Max. I'd love to have a beer with you. We'll do. Absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll turn Dana on to beer as well. <laughs> Perfect. There we well, go. The Beermeister, thank you so much. This was a real treat. And uh, last thing, final thoughts. It could be uh, words of advice. It could be a quote. It could just be another beer story if you want. Whatever you want, send us home here. I, I guess, you know, there's one person I didn't mention that, you know, has, has been really uh, a part of my career. And that's um, Michelle Mortgott, actually, is the owner of Duval. And he's the one that nominated me in Belgium to be a Belgian knight. I've learned so much from him. 
you know, even how he's built his company, we, you know, I take some things back from him and that's when he buys a brewery, he keeps the heritage there. And, you know, we try to do the same thing when we open a new restaurant, we try to adapt and be, you know, part of that community. So again, I, I go back and, you know, I've been very blessed and I'm glad every day I try to make people as happy as I can. That is one of the coolest closings I've ever heard. Duvel, one of my favorite beers in the world, and I've never spoken to a knight before. So here we are, feeling all medieval with a with a beer on the side or or, or a beer front and center. Thank you so much, John, Sir John, for coming on the podcast, sharing the amazing Winking Lizard story, the Winking Lizard Tavern story, and thank you, wild listeners, for tuning into another episode. If you want to hear more wild stories like John and, and maybe another night or two or of or fortnight, make sure to follow the Wild Business Growth Podcast on your favorite platform and tell a friend about the podcast and then join them uh, at the Winking Lizard, whether you're in town or uh, you live in Cleveland. You can also find us on Good Pods where there's some awesome podcasts, podcast recommendations, podcast people. And for any help with podcast production, you can learn more at maxpodcasting.com. Until next time, let your business run wild. Bring on the bongos! <laughs> <laughs>